welcome back to the Feed My Health podcast with your host, Rosalind Tapper. I'm a woman's fat loss coach. I'm also a mom of three children and a wife. And my job is to empower women to prioritize and believe in themselves whilst achieving a body they never thought possible without silly fad diets. Now I'm sitting here today with my cup of coffee. It's the 1st of March and it's absolutely thrashing it down with rain. And I just want to get nice and cozy and have a bit of a chit chat with you about, well, I guess some revelations that I had early on in my own fat loss journey. And I think I think they're really important things to share because they're so almost basic in a way. And that if somebody could get their head around it too, somebody who's also really struggling, it could be absolutely transformative. So we're going to have a bit of a casual one today. And I want to talk a little bit more about if I was to start my journey all over again, what would be the key things that I would do differently? And if I'd have done all of these things, would have saved me a lot of time, a lot of money, and yeah, probably would have got my results so much faster. But we live and learn, right? So the first thing that I wanted to share with you is don't think that your result is going to come from focusing on one thing alone. Now, what I mean by this is I used to be the kind of person that would focus on cardio or I thought, okay, well, what if I cut out bread this week? Or what if I just go to this exercise class? That's going to help. And what I realized is, well, it took me a long time to realize this, if I'm brutally honest. Um, But what I actually realized to be true, and this is how our program is set up at Feed My Health, is it isn't just about one thing. Yes, you can focus all of your efforts and energy in one area. And sometimes, you know, that area might be the area that's the biggest bottleneck for you right now. And that's absolutely fine. But ultimately, a great result and a lasting long life result is going to come from you focusing on every area of your life. It's not just about nutrition. It's not just about exercise. It's not just about your hormones. It's about everything, every single thing. And sometimes it can be very difficult when I have conversations with ladies who inquire to join when they're so fixated on the fact that they think their issue is exercise or they think their issue is just the nutrition. And I say, do you know what? It's actually a combination of everything that's happening in your life right now. And if we really want to transform your life, we actually need to look at the bigger picture. So that's the first thing I would say is do not put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to transforming your health, transforming your body, because it is actually going to be down to pretty much every area of your life as to why you aren't seeing that result. The second thing, and almost kind of, in fact, I'm going to leave that one. I'm going to leave that one to the end because I think that really, really, really is the cherry on the cake, but it's the the important cherry that's going to keep you doing the thing on the days you don't want to. And we all have those days, right? So the first thing I would say is, and this is a lesson that I learned from my father-in-law who sadly passed away last year, know when to rest. We are so fixated on doing, doing, doing. If you have children, if you have a full-time job, we're so fixated on, right, I need to do more of this and I need to do more of that and I need to do this job and this job and this job and this household chore and okay, and if I do add in this class, I need to do more of that. And it's like, actually, let's focus more on rest. 
And he had it down to a T without even realising it. So his grandkids would come up to him and say, oh, granddad, will we, can you go out, can we go out and play? Can, will you come and play football with me? And often he would go, yeah, absolutely. But he would also equally say, I'm going to have a rest now. And then he would actually rest. He wouldn't be resting by emptying the dishwasher or scrolling on a phone or watching a show or whatever. He would literally be sitting there, sometimes with his eyes closed, sometimes just reading a paper. And he knew when he needed to rest. And I don't think enough priority is put on just the art of doing nothing. Doing nothing and not being entertained. The thing which kind of goes nicely into that is sleep. Now, I've spoken about sleep and the importance of sleep, and I will continue to ring that bell until the cows come home because it is literally the biggest foundational habit that is so often overlooked. But the key message I want to put across today is not all the tactics, not all the tips, not all the wherefores and whyfores, but actually just simply sleep at the same time every day and wake up at the same time every day. Now, I used to have this situation, I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I would work myself to the bone every single day, rushing from here, there and everywhere. And in the evening, especially when we had children that, you know, had a bedtime, their bedtimes would get later and later and later. It sort of feels like you don't have an evening or you don't have a switch off until your kids have gone to bed. And if you're working really, really late, this is really difficult as well. If you're working from home, you have to have that boundary of when to stop work. But if you're working into the evening or you're doing jobs or things like that and you're not actually sitting down and resting, you don't feel like you had an evening. And so you're more inclined to stay up later, especially if you've conditioned your body to cope with staying up later. And then you tell yourself, well, it's be- I'm really tired in the morning because I'm not a morning person. And then what we do, and I see this a lot, is sleeping in on Saturday and Sunday oh, well, I'm going to have a lie-in at the weekend, so it's fine if I stay up late on Friday night. Your body doesn't work that way. And if you accrue debt sleep, so if you go into that kind of debt cycle, you don't get that back. As soon as I started going to bed at the same time every single day and waking up at the same time every morning, irrespective of the day of the week, it transformed my life. And nobody will believe this until they actually do it for themselves. But trust me when I say, I wake up every single morning refreshed, which I never used to. I used to go to bed and wake up feeling absolutely shattered. And I'm thinking, what did I even go to sleep for? (laughs) But honestly, that would be a key, key, key thing that has changed my life. The second thing is water. Again, another thing where people go, oh, well, this is not very exciting, Roz. This is not shiny and new, but water. And the reason I often hear with water and the reluctance to ensure that people are drinking enough water is, oh, but it makes me go to the toilet all the time. I'm running to the loo every five seconds. Well, yes, because your bladder works. (laughs) It's a reminder. It's a reminder that you have a bladder and your bladder is doing its job. But just like anything... When you start something new and you really start to focus on it, you're always going to have that transition period where it's going to feel like a hard slog, okay? It's not a habit that you have cultivated naturally. You're actually going to have to put in some effort. You might have to go out and buy a water bottle that's, you know, two to three litres and fill that up and, and really make a conscious effort to actually drink that amount of water every day. 
And it's going to feel difficult, coupled with the challenge of the fact that you're getting up and going to the toilet all the time, which, you know, I get it's not always convenient, especially if you're working outside of the home. However, that upward slog, imagine, you know, you're on a bike and you're slogging it up the hill. That will become easier and easier and easier the more you practice it. And it's the same with any habit that you've ever done or anything new that you've ever started. You will always have that initial transition period. And eventually with the water, your body will get used to how much you're giving it. And it will adapt and it will adjust. And you will stop needing to go to the loo every five seconds. But most people aren't willing to really push to the top of that hill and let their body adjust. And they will give up when they get halfway up and they'll just say, this is just inconvenient. I mean, I can drink my water at the weekend when I'm at home, but I'm not going to drink if I've got to go out anywhere. And I certainly can't drink that much when I'm at work. And actually, if you really committed two weeks to that discomfort, you'd be amazed and you'd be absolutely flying. Are we on the third thing? I've totally lost track now. Let's not go with numbers. (laughs) Let's not go with numbers. The next thing is protein. And you won't appreciate the impact that this has on you until you start implementing it and you start eating the right amount for your body and your goal. Now, what a lot of people don't realize about protein is that you need a specific amount for you. And that amount is based on lots of different factors, your age, your goal, um, all, all number of things. But actually, what the one key thing to know is that the older we get, the more protein we need. So this is a key, key fact. And I didn't realize the importance of protein and I didn't realize even the impact having that protein was having on me until I was put in a situation where I couldn't have it. So one thing that I love, I absolutely love, and I know it's not like the, the perfect quote unquote breakfast meal, but I really love a bowl of cereal. So what I used to do is obviously I just, like most people do, you pour your cereal, you pour your milk over the top, jobs are good. But basically, there's no protein in that at all. Um, and it makes perfect sense that at that point when I was eating that way, I was overweight, I was in the snack drawer all the time, I was looking for quick hits of energy. As soon as I started incorporating protein powder and putting it in my milk and pouring that over my cereal, all of a sudden, we went from having what? is the equivalent of a sugar hit in the morning to, oh, actually, I'm feeling satisfied. But again, I didn't realize the impact that that was having on my fat loss. I didn't realize the impact it was having on how I chose to eat the rest of the day until I went back to having a bowl of cereal with just milk one day. And my God, like within 20 minutes, I was ravenous, absolutely ravenous. So this is one of those things that until you actually start implementing it and eating the right amount of protein for you and for your goal, you will not appreciate how important it is. So I strongly urge you, if you don't know how much protein you need to be eating, get in touch because it will change your life. The next thing is weights. And I have a little bit of a secret is that I actually do not enjoy exercise. (laughs) I really don't. Hand on heart. That is something that I found really, really challenging. And I'm really great at, like, I love I love things like Zumba. I love things that make you feel good. And I love the dancing element. And to some degree, I used to like the socializing element as well. But that, when I reflect on it, they're really the things that were keeping me going to these classes. They didn't actually change my body all that much, which I think ultimately, that's the reason why people go, right? 
With weights, it was one of those things where I realised, well, I didn't, I didn't realise at the beginning. I realised probably six months to a year in to being consistent with weights that actually this was the stuff that was transforming my body. And actually, this is the thing that's going to continue to transform my body, keep me healthy, keep me strong, keep me doing all the things that I want to do as I get older more confidently. It's almost like health insurance, basically. You know, if you invest in doing weights consistently, it's health insurance for your body, for your mind, everything. Um, And what you have to sort of ask yourself is like, what do you want to be able to do in your 70s? Not a lot of people reflect on what they actually want to still be able to do in their 70s. We have this idea of like, oh, I want to be able to retire and go on on holidays and things like that. But we don't realise the implications of what we're actually going to be able to do when we're on those holidays um, if we don't start taking our health and our routines around our health a little bit more seriously. So it's all well and good wanting to do HIT, but actually the benefits of incorporating weights into your life means that not only can you go on that holiday when you're retired and you're in your 70s, but you can also lift your own luggage into the overhead locker. How many times have you actually thought about the fact that potentially if you're not strong enough and you don't have muscle mass and you don't have that bone density there, you might not be able to do all of those things for yourself. And that's that in that moment will be a real issue and we can't go back in time. So it's something to be really, really serious, serious about. And we take our bodies for granted, but we take our bodies for granted until we can't do the thing. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I certainly notice it with my husband. When he's got man flu, which is the worst of all the illnesses, he doesn't start taking vitamins like he, he will go to the cupboard and he'll start taking vitamin C. Um, I don't know what you call them. The ones that you put in their water that fizz up. And he just suddenly starts taking them like the week that he's unwell. And I just think you've basically spent all of the time that you've been well taking your body for granted. And then when you're ill, you then suddenly start to do something about it. And I get that. I do get that because illness and pain and discomfort is a reminder that we aren't quite where we need to be. But actually, this is where we have the power to completely transform our lives because we can actually do all the things we need to do on a small scale every single day to basically keep our health, our bodies and our mindsets optimal. So rather than thinking, oh my God, I've got to plow a whole packet of vitamin C tablets in a week and hope that it's going to help cure me of my cold, if we were to focus on maybe eating a better range of fruit and veg throughout the week, you know, we could ensure our health in a, in a lot more of a confident way. Another concept that I kind of want to share with you as well is understanding why you're doing things. This is critical. This is absolutely critical for just the longevity of your habits and your routines. And I'm just going to have a sip of my coffee because I can feel that it's going cold. One second. Mm. second cup of the day is like everything the second and final if you know me now so good um yeah understanding why you're doing certain habits and behaviors is critical if you are reading a book or you're googling something or somebody's telling you to do something and you don't really understand the value of doing it what do you think is going to happen on the days when you don't feel like doing the thing you're just not going to do it you are just not going to do it. I had a client recently 
who was talking about how she found it really easy to do, you know, looking after her nutrition, going for her walks, keeping active, doing her training. If she did one, she would do all three. And I sort of questioned it and I said, well, what happens if, you know, you've you've lost the body fat and you're not having to focus on this particular fat loss protocol? And the only thing you need to be focusing on really is going for a walk or doing your training. What do you think is going to happen to those two things or that one of those things if you don't have all of those three things in place? Well, I'm just not going to do them. And this is where we have to really understand the value and the importance of doing the individual things. Why is it important to you to focus on drinking more water? It's not enough to go, well, I know I need need to be drinking more water or I know I need to be eating better or I know I need to be moving more. It's not enough. That's not going to get you doing the thing. It's certainly not going to get you doing the thing when you don't want to do it. And this really was transformative for me um, in, especially with nutrition, like when you learn what certain foods do for your body, you are more inclined to eat those things. And I'm going to just give you a very small example because I always think it's quite funny. When my children were younger, if I ever sensed kind of any reluctance to eating, I mean, granted, they are the best children in the world. I know I'm biased, but they're such great eaters and they always have been. But I would always try and show them or tell them the importance of that food but but in a way that obviously they understood but how it was actually going to benefit their body so you know what what's the importance of eating spinach for example well it's got loads of iron in it and what does that iron do for your body and how does it affect your muscles and how does it affect how you show up at school and all of those things and once a child starts to understand the importance of doing something they're going to be more likely to actually want to eat that food or do that chore or revise or whatever it may be that they're reluctant to do. And it's the same exact thing with you and your health and your behaviours. When Once you start to understand the actual benefits and the importance of doing that thing, you will certainly be more inclined to do that thing. And especially on the days that you don't feel like doing it. So understand why you're doing things and the importance. And then the final thing that I'm going to leave you with, which I think I could kick myself that I never thought of this until just recently, but it's something that has stuck with me ever since. So as many of you know, my background before getting into health in the wellness space and fitness space was as a professional singer. And I remember thinking like I wasn't a super super confident person on the stage I don't know why I'm I'm very much a I love standing I'm very into Celine Dion I love ballads um my first idol was Britney it was the whole dancing and everything and that's the persona that I in my mind would have been had I been a famous pop star however one thing that made makes me um or made me very interested was listening to Beyonce's story way back in the day when she would explain that when she goes on stage, she becomes a very different person to who she is in real life. So much to the point that she actually has a alter ego called Sasha Fierce. Now you might have heard this before, this might be completely new. If it's completely new, I'll explain. So Sasha Fierce is the person with the personality that she wants to portray on stage. And Beyonce is the wife, the mother, the friend, at home, two different people. And when she gets on stage, she needs to become this alter ego of Sasha Fierce. And 
I suddenly realized to myself, like we all have, you know, we've all heard of that whole concept of like the devil on the shoulder or the monkey mind, right? We have this monkey mind that tells us to do the thing that we know we shouldn't do. Have the crisp. No, go on. It's just one drink. Oh, no, no. Don't worry about not doing your workout today. It's just one day. You can catch up tomorrow. You know, that that monkey mind. And that monkey could also be like an alter ego. It could also be the per- you could give it a name. So we all we all have names that we associate with certain people or certain personalities that we we don't necessarily like that we find irritating. You might know somebody right now in the on the top of your mind that you think, "Oh yeah, that person, god, that person at work called whatever." I'm I'm reluctant to say a name in case I offend anybody. Um but you know, let's just go with a stupid name like Eeyore, right? You know, Eeyore in the office, absolute pain in the backside. She's always got a nose in everybody's business. You know, that could be your persona. That could be your monkey mind, your monkey brain. And any time you sit down on the sofa in the evening and you're thinking, oh, I could just have that snack or oh, I need one more biscuit or whatever it is, whatever doesn't align with your goal, that could be Eeyore coming out to play. And all you need to do in that situation is separate yourself with Eeyore and sort of almost have an internal conversation and and be like, no, Eeyore's not coming out to play tonight. (laughs) So I know that sounds really daft and really silly, but if you actually give yourself that kind of alter ego of, this is who I am when I am at my best, when I'm at my most logical, emotionally stable, you know, make a conscious decision that this person is does this behavior and this habit and when I feel lonely or when I feel stressed or when I feel sad this is how this person behaves however the other persona would be how this person would behave and it could you know you could equally flip it on its switch and flip it on its switch you could equally flip it on its head um and go down the road of saying well you know actually at the moment I feel like who I am behaving like is the monkey most of the time. And actually, I want to create the persona of somebody who behaves in this certain way. And it could even be that you have a nickname that most people call you and your full name. So let, let's just give you an example. So, you know, most people call me Roz, but I might not want to be Roz. I might want to show up as Rosalind. And Rosalind is the kind of person that makes all the correct decisions you know, makes difficult choices, goes out for that walk when perhaps she doesn't really want to or doesn't really feel like it, doesn't put her head in the snack cupboard every five seconds because she's bored, whereas Roz would. And who do I want to be more like and who do I need to become more like in specific moments? And then you're sort of stepping into that role, you know, and you're you're lifting your standards up. And I definitely think that when we can separate ourselves in that way, especially in the early stages, it really will help you to kind of understand yourself a lot more um, and really move you away from, you know, when we make decisions that don't fall in line with our goal, they're usually based on emotion, like emotional decisions. And it's hard to be logical when you're stressed or you're tired or you're overwhelmed. And so, you know, your alter ego or Rosalind might be very good at being logical, And Roz might not be particularly good at being logical and is very emotional. And you have to then go, right, okay, I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling worn out. I'm actually going to become Rosalind now. I need to become Rosalind right now. 
And then you make that categorical decision that that's what you're going to do. And then you take the actions, do the roots, the behaviors of that person. So I just thought that was a really cool little concept and certainly something to practice for sure. Um, But ultimately, if I was going to start my journey all over again, all of these things combined is what's going to get me from A to A to A to, I was going to say A to Z, but I'm not American. A to B, A to Z. (laughs) There we go. Um, And it's taken me a lot of years, a lot of education, a lot of peaks and troughs, a lot of quote unquote failures to actually realize that it isn't a one size fits all situation. It isn't about solely focusing on nutrition. It isn't solely focusing on exercise. Going out to the gym is not going to get you the health and the body of your dreams. Similarly, focusing just on nutrition and only going to slimming world is not going to get you the body and mindset of your dreams. It takes a combination of the right things to get you the body and the mindset of your dreams. And that is why Feed My Health was created. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to find out any more about Feed My Health and how it may be able to help you, then obviously you can drop me a message on Instagram, which is rosalind.feedmyhealth. And until next time, take care.